helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Certified Christian Counselor and Director of Ottawa's Elam Counseling Services. Hi, I'm Michael Hart, Director of Elam Counseling Services, a Christian counseling ministry in Ottawa. Yes, we're in Ottawa, Ontario. And I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Life Transformation, a Christian counseling radio show. It's a show that we talk about uh, issues that can lead to chains being broken and lives being transformed. And yes, this show is is, a, is literally a show where uh, people have experienced transformation and, and broken chains. So if you're not familiar with us, you can find out more about Elim at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And my name again, it's not Mr. Elim. My name is Michael Hart. (laughs) And some people have actually asked where the name Elim comes from. So I want to say that the the, the name Elim is is from the book of Exodus. Elim is the place where after the Israelites had stopped uh, at Mara, where they experienced bitterness in the form of bitter water, they went next. The next stop was at Elim, and that was the first place after coming out of slavery in Egypt where they experienced peace and hope, where there were palms palm trees and wells of of water. So we hope that Elim will become that place for you uh, through listening to this show or by seeking us if you need help. Elim is this place of hope, this place of renewal, and uh, this this place of, of a new pathway. So if you need to get in touch with us, you can reach us at 613-699-1677. And again, my uh, website is Elim Counseling Ministry. Dot com. My name is Michael Hart, and with me in studio today is the one and only <laughs> Melissa Wagot. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you very much, Michael. Good to be back, and a great intro. Thank you. Yes. <clears throat> so, you. as always with this show, Michael, we always try to turn back to the Bible to um, get our inspiration and to help give up some guidance on situations that people, um, even today, are experiencing. And so, our our show today is all about um, traumatized children um, and what childhood trauma can look like and how um, people who may know children who've experienced trauma can interact with them. Mm -hmm. And the story you've brought forward today is, I'm going to try to sound this out, is the story of Mephibosheth. Yes. Found in the Old Testament. Okay, yes, and I think you have said it correctly. Okay, at least once, at least once. We're, we're one for one so far. Yes, Hopefully we yes. keep that up. They didn't have to bleep out anything that you said, so I think I think you're on the safe side. Mephibosheth, That's excellent. Right? Our producer will be happy. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, so the, the story of Mephibosheth is actually a good story to which you talk about childhood trauma. And, uh, we are first introduced to Mephibosheth in Second Samuel chapter 4. And at the beginning of the chapter, verse 4, and I'm just going to read this this one verse, verse 4, because it gives us a very good idea of the kind of trauma that Mephibosheth went through early in life. Uh, uh, Second Samuel 4, verse 4 reads, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. That is the news of of their death. His nurse picked him up and fled. But as she hurried to leave, he fell and became crippled. His name was Mephibosheth. So here we have uh, a child, five years old, who 
has experienced a number of tragedy in this one show, one verse that I have just read, this, this short verse that I have just read. There's a number of tragedies identified there. Uh, he has lost his father, mm-hmm. who was who, who would be here to be king. Is is is. His grandfather has also lost his grandfather, Saul, who was king at the time. So he has lost both his, his grandfather and his father. And to, to add to the trauma that he suffered at five years old, he there is in the, the, the middle of a, a war situation where the, his, his nurse is trying to protect him and to save him from danger. And so after his grandfather and father was killed, She's protecting this this baby, five years old, uh, toddler, and running with him. And as she did so, he fell. Mm. And the Bible says as a result of that, he was crippled in both feet. It's quite possible that at the time there would be sounds of war. Maybe there would be sounds of screaming. There would be there would be a panic situation with people fleeing for their lives. And this would in by no means be in itself be traumatized for a five year old who is in in the midst of such a situation. But on top of that, he now would never see his father again. And from what we know of Jonathan, he was probably a very good dad. The compassion that he showed to David uh, uh, tells us something about his character. And there's no doubt in my mind that this little boy would have a very solid attachment uh, to his dad. And now he's without a dad. He's without a grandfather. Not only that, but he would never walk again. Mm-hmm. And so we see that the, the, the trauma, there's a series of trauma is, is being inflicted on Mephibosheth at five years old. Mm-hmm. So when we talk, especially throughout the show, about traumatized children, what uh, sort of childhood experiences are you going to be referring to? You just mentioned a few that Mephibosheth went through with this emotional and physical trauma through losing his dad and having the injury inflicted on him. What other types of trauma will we be talking about? Yes, a, a lot of time when we think about trauma, those are the big, big T traumas that comes to mind. Like there is a death or, you know, there is sexual abuse and things like that. But then there are other forms of trauma sometimes that are not identified as trauma, but are nevertheless traumatizing for, for children. And one such trauma is is suffered by children who are given up for adoption. And uh, a lot of times this is often overlooked because it is thought that, you know, if a child is given up for adoption, that child is a few months old, for example, that somehow if this child has, you know, very loving step-parents, that it is somehow would not be traumatized traumatic for the for the child but they have done research that shows that children even if they were given up for adoption a few few months after birth there is this sense that they have lost something they go with a sense that somehow there is something missing from their lives and that there is this kind of uh, very visceral connection to the birth mom that to be to, to, to be separated from that birth mom is traumatic. So children who are traumatized in that way often 
end up having difficulties later in life, for example, in forming relationship, in making friends. Uh, in some, sometimes they, they, they uh, get into maladaptive, delinquent behavior. So uh, adoption can be, be one. Uh, and let me just elaborate on that because there are some of you, you might be skeptical to say, well, how could a child a few months old be traumatized if you know the child doesn't have any memory of that? But a lot of trauma that people suffered, there might be no memory of the trauma itself, but there is what is known as felt memory where a person might not remember the detail, especially if trauma happened early in life, where there is there before the vocabulary is developed, the child might not be able to have memory uh, because it's believed that you can't have memory before you speak, you are able to speak. But there is this sense, this feeling that will go with, with, with the person, with the child who is traumatized. And even though they can't put words to it, there will be this feeling that there is something that happened earlier on in life. So they have done studies that show that uh, children in a few months old, they can tell their mother by smell. Mm -hmm. They can pick their mother's face out of a crowd. Right, they, they, they have this, this connection, this sense of safety with their mother. And not only that, but if you think about it, a child who is a few months old was made that attachment to a birth mom. Uh, this mom is, is the child's entire world. There mm -hmm. are no social circle of friends. Right? There are no hobbies. No, exactly. <laughs> right? You eat, sleeping, and pooping. Yeah, yeah, and my mother. That's basically <laughs> exactly. it, right? So to, to just to think about what, what that would mean if your entire world was just to be pulled away from you. So it would be like someone uh, just being placed on another planet without any kind of attachment mm -hmm. to anything at all. So this is what babies sometimes go through when they are taken from their birth mother. Mm -hmm. so, so adoption is one. Uh, sometimes children who are, I think I've referred to abuse before, uh, children who have been in, in accidents, sometimes car accidents, can be a form of trauma. And then we have other, other traumatized uh, traumatizing events such as uh, children sometimes who are bullied in school who end up being traumatized as a result of the bullying that they, they inflict. And sometimes it may be as simple as uh, watching someone react in fear that can traumatize a child. So we have sometimes children who become, for an example of that would be a child who watches mom scream in panic at the sight of a spider. And to that child, there is this shock in seeing that. And the child doesn't understand that there is no danger, but there is something there to that child that could say there is danger. There is danger from that spider. And later on in life, even when that child is six foot two, uh, that child could still end up being afraid of spider because there is something that uh, some trauma that took place uh, from seeing how the panic that mom uh, mom had from from seeing that spider. So you, you've given some examples there of the big T traumas yeah. you mm -hmm. you describe, and also some of the littler T ones. It, when child children go through these types of trauma, how does it affect them, and does it affect all kids um, in the same way? Are there um, unique patterns that you see? Well, uh, like in anything that we vary as individual, the impact from one situation to another will, will vary. Uh, some of it could be dependent on the personality of the child. Some of it could be depending on the, the nurturing and love that the child has after 
experiencing that trauma. Some of it could be on the child getting help in, in, in a timely fashion after experiencing the trauma. So all of that could have an impact on how the situation affects the child, how the trauma affects the child. But you also asked what are some of the effects of, of trauma on children. Another thing that we know is that uh, trauma can sometimes uh, affect children in ways where they, for example, have their, their the development of higher brain function become affected. So so you say higher brain function. What is higher brain function? Don't, don't our brains just do everything mm-hmm. for us? What's higher brain function? Okay, so if you, if you think of, let us say, a child in, in the age 6 to 12 category, for example, as that child develops, Excuse me. As that child develops, that child learns uh, how to deal with fears, how to manage anxiety and aggression, and how to ad- how to adapt in social circles. A child who will who will who have gone through trauma could be affected in in the, in the sense that the child now has uh, impulsive behavior that they are not able to control. And in a sense, from the trauma, it could be that they, even though the, the the trauma may have happened years ago. This trauma is stored in the child's brain, and they keep experiencing it as a current, a current event. So they're always on sort of high alert for danger. So the the impact of the situation situation could could affect their their ability to, to to control their impulses. They could it could lead to learning learning problems where the child might have problems. Uh, Focusing in class and and learning learning the the the, the lessons that are being taught, uh, we could have also a child who, because of the trauma, become uh, start being experiencing anxieties and fears out of things that are are, are not warranted to be to be fearful of. So in in the age group between six and twelve, we see that kind of effect. Later on, as the child becomes older, in the, in the thirteen to twenty one age group, we can have difficulty. A child who has gone through trauma can experience in experience difficulty planning for the future, making long-term plans, because all their emotional energy is taken up in dealing with the current, because there is, there is this current sense of impending danger that the child might have, and, and they're dealing with this past this past trauma that has never really been processed. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the ways in which uh, it could affect the child. So you've just described there that how... Um trauma can affect children's higher brain functioning. Mm-hmm. How does trauma affect a child emotionally? All right. So if we if we think about the emotional effect on children, uh, it is said that we have we have two sides to our, our brain. There is a rational part of our brain and then there is the emotional part. And uh, it, it is said that when we have a traumatic event, the, the emotions from that event traumatic event is stored in the emotional part of our brain in, in, in a part of the brain called the amygdala. Mm-hmm. And it's as if that, that emotion is recorded there. And so if the trauma is not dealt with, the trauma can be experienced by the child over and over again as a current event. PTSD is a good example of the amygdala going awry, where something has happened uh, in the past, but it is still being experienced as a current trauma when something's, something happened in the present that reminds the person remotely 
of the past event. An example of that would be you know, a, a war, a person who has been on the battlefield, for example, or a soldier been to Afghanistan, for example, they might be in the supermarket and they hear a, a, a shopping cart being banged against another shopping cart, and right away, just that just that sound of the cart sends them into into panic and to, in, into attack. So that would be an example of how it, 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 the effect that it can have emotionally in that the child is always dealing with present stimulus as if they are threats. And so there is, there is a flood of adrenaline that the child is experiencing or the person is experiencing over and over again. <clears throat> but we know a few other things about trauma and how it affects how it affects children emotionally. One of the things that children develop as a result of, of trauma is irrational fear. Mm-hmm. So... And children who have been through trauma will develop fear of things that uh, that are, are totally harmless, for example, so that the child might be just become fearful of being left alone. Mm. Yeah, if they've been abandoned, I can see that, especially if someone's been abandoned right. or maybe they have trust issues. Mm-hmm. The, the thought of being by yourself would be really scary. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's one of the emotional effects. And before I give a few other examples, I'd just like to welcome listeners who may have just joined us. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Broadcast. I am your host, Michael Hart, and with me in studio today is Melissa Waggott. And we are discussing today the traumatized child, and we use as our reference the story of Mephibosheth from Second Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. If you would like to get in touch with us, we can be reached at 613-699-1677, 613-699-1677, and our website is elimcounselingministry.com, elim, E-L-I-M as in man, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And as I said before, Melissa Waggett is here with me, and we are talking about the traumatized child. So you have asked me what are some of the emotional effects on, on children. And uh, uh, to what I have said before, I'd like to add that in, in addition to children becoming fearful, we sometimes have children uh, who will have begin to have nightmares, for example, where something happens in the brain, it could be that part of that same fight, flight or, or fight or flight mechanism where when they go to sleep, their sleep is interrupted. They'll wake up in the middle of the night uh, screaming, for example, because they're having bad nightmares. This is something very common that we find in children who have been traumatized. And uh, we also see that emotionally children who are, who are traumatized can become can become detached as well, where it's as if they, they have been hurt before, especially if they, they, the hurt was at the hands of someone they trusted, they can get to this place where it's as if they are saying to themselves, I don't need anyone, which, which, which psychologists call uh, denial of needs, where, where the child will, will develop this attitude that I don't need anyone, I don't need mom, I don't need dad, I don't need anyone. And so we have a child who has gone through that will will turn to other things in life to soothe their pain instead of turning to a human to another human being. So the child might become overly involved in in video games or you know, uh, playing with toys, but they will they will develop this wa- kind of protective wall around themselves where they they are not interacting with anyone else Mm -hmm. so they don't get hurt again so they don't get hurt again as you've described that the sense i get is 
the symptoms of the the trauma these children have experienced almost sounds traumatizing in and of itself. Yes. So, I guess as we get towards the end of our show, a lot of what we've talked about before seems kind of very gloomy, <laughs> Michael. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is there any good news you can <laughs> share to the listeners um, about how traumatized children can be helped um, to overcome these negative impacts of the trauma they've experienced, right. whether it's emotional symptoms or higher brain function symptoms or the the withdrawing type symptoms that you just described there? What tips can you give for parents or caregivers that... Um, maybe having children that they love experiencing these things and showing these signs. Right. So I, I think what what is very important to understand is that in the same way that the, the, the brain can be programmed by a negative event, the brain can also be, be reprogrammed to think differently about that negative event. So for children who have been through trauma, traumatic event, and we talk about how that, 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 that emotion is stored in the amygdala of the, the emotional part of the brain where the child will continue reliving that trauma. Uh, for parents who have children who have suffered from trauma, there are a number of key things that they can begin to do to help that child. And one of the things that is very, very important is to begin to help the child to be able to talk about how they feel. Now, this can be very tricky because oftentimes if they, if it's, if they are very young children, they will just have the tendency to act out when they feel stress about what they're thinking about. And they might not be able they might not be able to, to verbalize it. But there, there are a number of creative things that can be done to help that child express. A lot can be done through storytelling, mm. where you, you can tell a story of something that if you know what the child has been through, uh, you can tell a story about uh, a, a, a child who have been through something similar and ask questions at the end of the story to, to your child about how do you think this little boy? What? How do you think this little boy feels when his dad was taken away, or how do you think this feels like when this 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 uh, little boy was confronted by this uh, this 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 barking dog, and he's scared by this. If the child has been traumatized by an event like this, so the child might not be able to come to you and to say, uh, you know, right now I'm feeling very stressed because of my trauma. But you can pull that information out through storytelling, where you can tell story and you can help the the child to get in touch with their own fear through watching, listening to stories about others. So for very young children, you might not be able to ask those questions uh, sometimes they don't have the vocabulary to express how they feel like you can you can impart that knowledge through mm-hmm. storytelling to the child as to how the, the child felt that the little boy was afraid you know mm-hmm. the little boy felt as if he couldn't trust anyone and you know as the story goes on you can you can start Im- imparting hope into these stories as well where stories usually for children usually have a happy ending mm-hmm. anyway and I think that's very good because you can through these stories begin to show that you know the, what the child is suffering from doesn't have to be the be all and end all and a lot of times too for, for parents who have young children I would say get down on your hands and knees with these young children and play with them because one thing that children does very very well in working through their trauma is that sometimes they will react to the situation 
Mm. And that is one of the things that, that, that therapist does with children who don't have the vocabulary to sit like an adult in the session and to talk about what they have been through is that they allow the child to play out the, play out the trauma. And I remember one story that was told to me by one of the psychologists that I work with where he said that he had a child who had lost his, his I think, both parents in an automobile accident. And he was brought in by a relative and he would come week after week and he had this little uh, play car that he kept running back and forth on the table. And he would just keep running the wheels back and forth on the table week after week and didn't say much, but he just kept doing the same thing on the observation of the therapist. And then one week he finally let the car go Mm. and let the car fell off the table. And what was remarkable about that reenactment is that once the, once the, the child was able to let go the car, the, the, the parents report that his behavior after that in class changed. The, his aggressiveness towards other children changed. His ability to learn and to comprehend what was being taught to him by the teachers at school also changed. So there's a lot that can be done through play. You can get down on your knees and you can look at what the child is playing and you can have your input. You know, you can you can you can create situations with, with toys, play with the toys with your kids and hear what they're saying or ask questions. What's happening? Those two uh two toys seem to be angry at each other. What's mm-hmm. happening right now? And the child will tell you Oh, he's mad at him because he took away something or because mm-hmm. he you know he 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 didn't turn up, he left him alone or he's disappointed or something. Mm-hmm. The child will be be able to begin to identify their feelings mm-hmm. through play. So so another thing that parents can do is to shower the child with a lot of love. And this is a very, very important, important Thing because by loving your child, by by reassuring your child through love and compassion, uh, the child will begin to feel safe in a world that has been unkind to them. Mm-hmm. So it's very important for the child to feel love. So one caveat here, as I talk about that, is that loving a child doesn't mean spoiling a child. I think that's a very good distinction to make. Yes. Because sometimes we think love is things. Yes. But what I'm get hearing from you is love is being present with your child emotionally, physically, and Absolutely. being engaged. And being that's engaged. the love. Then that's love. And uh, sometimes uh, for, for, for parents who are dealing with kids who have been through trauma, the temptation is to just let the child do whatever because mm-hmm. the child has been traumatized and therefore I can't give any boundaries or any restrictions. I'm just going to give this child whatever he or she wants but that's not love mm-hmm. because when you do that when you when you create a situation where now there are no boundaries what you're actually doing is that you are creating a world in which a child cannot feel safe there are no boundaries there are no there are no clear lines boundaries make children feel safe mm-hmm. they might not have the vocabulary they might not feel they might not be able to 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 to, to say that at this age, but it has been shown through studies that children who who grow up with appropriate boundaries they end up being more confident and in more secure in who they are, mm-hmm. as compared to, to 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 children who are just allowed to do whatever they want to do. So I think that by by loving the children, it means, as you said, Melissa, being present with the child, not just replacing your presence with gifts, but by spending time, by talking to the child, by by being compassionate. Another thing parents can do is to be compassionate. So if a child is traumatized and the child acts in anger or the child breaks things or throw things, it, it, it 
doesn't warrant coming down hard on the child. What can happen in that situation? Not that you should tolerate that, but you can have a talk with the child about their feelings. What is it that you're feeling? And you can talk about different ways in which those feelings can be dealt with instead of breaking things, instead of throwing things. So it's a it's a good way to help the child. And I see my producer here has given me a sign that we only have a minute left. It's hard to believe that we have gone through the show so quickly. So we have come to the end of today's broadcast. And Melissa, I want to thank you very much for being being with us here today. So you... You're very welcome, Michael. <laughs> thank you very much. So you've been listening to the Life Transformation Radio Broadcast, and I'm your host, Michael Hart, of Elim Counseling Services. Our website is elimcounselingministry.com, and you can reach us at 613-699-1677. Until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. God bless you until next time.